Welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. If you don't know who I am, well, let me tell you a little bit of who I am. I am your colleague in medicine. I'm a family medicine boarded physician. I've done a lot of different things throughout my career. I'm still trying to find my fit, but I'm getting closer every single day. And I am your coach in life. That's right. I'm a physician life coach. I've been doing it for about four years now after previously being coached myself and finding that it so fundamentally changed my life that I needed to bring this shit to my physician colleagues. So welcome. I'm Dr. Erin Wiseman. I'm here to help you move from a place of burnout, brokenness, and despair to one that is just absolutely joy-filled, sustainable, and that you freaking love. Because there's no more time to be sad. There's no more time to be empty. Now is the time to take care of yourself, your life, and your practice. So I'm bringing today a very special episode. This is a new friend and an amazing colleague, Dr. Molly Maluth. We found each other through LinkedIn, and the more I read about her, the more I was absolutely just all struck by her. She is a physician on the West Coast. She is doing some amazing things in the tech world, which she will talk about. And she has just absolutely taken a different path that I think will be so encouraging and inspiring to you. So check out our conversation and then stick around afterwards for that little kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Molly Maluth. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and tell our audience all about your amazing self? Okay. Well, uh, it's funny because I was actually talking to a therapist today and she was asking me, what do you do? What are all the things that you do? And I said, well, first I have a practice. I work with executives and investors and entrepreneurs mostly, and I help them optimize their health. And then I also work with... um, technology companies as an advisor or consultant. I've been doing that for the last six years. Uh, I just started my first technology company and we're leveraging continuous glucose monitoring to help optimize health. Um, And that's going to be available soon. It's called NutriSense. Um, And then I also just finished teaching a course at Stanford on HealthSpan. Nice. I love it. You are so outside the box. Go you. Mm -hmm. Totally. Very much not traditional. Well, I know the word that you picked is health span, and I'm really excited to hear why you picked it and all the juicy details with it. Sure. So health span is the number of years we have living healthy without disease or disability. And essentially, it's this idea that we should be aiming to not live forever, which is what a lot of people want in Silicon Valley, but to compress morbidity to the end of life. So essentially take those years that we're dying from chronic disease slowly, right? Like the last 10 years of our life typically, and really compressing that to like one to three years. Really trying to avoid these chronic lifestyle related diseases altogether by measuring and monitoring our health prior to getting sick, which is really what happens now in the healthcare system is essentially you get ill and your doctor starts giving you um, metformin and statins and hoping that you're going to maybe change your lifestyle to get healthier, but 
uh, essentially the standard of care is just drugs and surgery. And to me, that's not working too well for chronic lifestyle-related diseases. It turns out we've got a massive diabetes epidemic. Metformin, right? (laughs) Yeah, like statins cause an increased risk for diabetes. Diabetes is well known to increase risk of heart disease. I, I don't understand why we're not really examining more and more these methods that we're trying to use to treat lifestyle-related diseases and really asking ourselves like, all right, are these really working? If they're not, then what will work? And how do we actually bring new medicine to the forefront that enables people to be engaged in their health? And so I've been really actively involved with the digital health world. And, and now I'm um, you know, teaching about health span and figuring out how do we, you know, how do we just look at how we've modernized the food system and ask ourselves, like, maybe if we worked on that, then we can help people more. How did you jump into this? Like, what was the eureka moment that got all this started? Well, I have to admit, I'm a little nervous here talking to a bunch of female doctors because I used to work in a hospital and I did not fit in well in the hospital. I actually left my residency halfway through, got my license, my DEA license, and I got uh, a job in tech. I started working with executives um, doing personalized medical research for a defunct startup that was called MetaMed. I met some pretty well-known big names in Silicon Valley and, his, and, and I met the doctors that were treating these guys. And I discovered there was like all these different alternative pathways to care. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just mainstream medicine. It was uh, optimizing health. And so I met a doctor and a, a mentor who taught me his methods. And then I met another doctor and another mentor who taught me how to build systems for creating health. And so from there, I built my own practice. And from there, I started getting clients like the ones that my mentors taught to care of and kind of made a name for myself from word of mouth in Silicon Valley, which is not a very big place. Like, you know, this this Bay Area is is not that big, actually. So um, word kind of traveled. And before I knew it, I was also, um, I guess I should backtrack a little bit. As I was working with clients, I was also uh, working with startups. So I, I began getting expertise uh, providing startups with advising and consulting purposes because a lot of them couldn't afford a chief medical officer, but they needed a brain of a doctor to help um, create health products. So I did, per, you know, I, I would do um, clinical research, product development, clinical strategy, scientific marketing, and um, really got a foot in the door of the tech scene that way. Now there's, and, and frankly, I knew that I knew there was going to be a big um, shift in essentially like healthcare. I saw the tsunami coming. I saw, I was like, oh my God, before we know it, Apple, Google, Salesforce, Amazon, they're all going to be involved with health. And this was way before they had all sort of joined the health realm. And now if you look at today, like Apple is a huge player in health. Amazon, you know, purchased PillPack and they're, they're built, developing their own healthcare system. Um, most of these companies have essentially their own healthcare systems. Facebook's healthcare is like easily probably the best healthcare in the world. I would say it's probably better than even the healthcare given to our government government employees, like our, our um, senators. Like I'm not kidding. It, what they get there is crazy. And so I just thought, I just thought, you know, when I saw that there was going to be this big boom in health tech, I said, if I don't get out now, then I'm going to have to wait 20 years for authority in a hospital that is practicing a form of medicine that I think is out of date. So although I do believe that like modern medicine is great for things like, you know, massive trauma, if you get by a car, it's just not doing a great job at lifestyle related diseases because we we basically set the bar so low in how we expect people to take care of themselves that we've just, we've resorted to essentially a a system that's a sickness billing industrial complex. 
And so I, I had to get out of that system. And I hate to admit that like there's a lot, a lot of female doctors listening to this. And I get messages all the time asking me, how did I do it? How do, how do I leave the system? And honestly, like it took a ton of courage and it was terrifying. And I had an amazing supportive community, but you have to be a massive risk taker to do what I did. And you have to be able to make pretty wild bets. And I'm just lucky that the bets that I made actually turned out to be good ones. But uh, yeah, so foresight kind of helped out there. Girl, you're so speaking my language. As a life coach to us female doctors, oh my God, that first step is totally, totally scary. I mean, it takes yeah. a mountain of courage. And I'm so glad that you just shared your story because I know, I know there's hundreds, thousands of women out there listening to this right now. And they're like, holy shit, how did she do that? And like you said, like, it was like, yeah. seeing it and like, oh my God, I don't know if this is going to work. Am I throwing my life away? Probably, but I have to follow this and I have to do that. You know, John Mackey, I saw him speak at Mind Body Green last weekend. And he, he said it right. He's like, you just got to follow your heart. And you know what? It's, it's really what you got to do because this is the most precious thing you have is your life. And I, I think that there's um, a lot of opportunity to heal the healthcare system and to reinvent it, but it's going to take a lot of people coming together and saying, this isn't working and this isn't enough and we've got to do better for our patients. And the fact that there's, you know, 81 million undiagnosed pre-diabetics is insane. I'm kind of on a mission to help people understand what's really happening in their bodies using blood sugar is like a, a sort of entryway. And to me, um, we've got we've to figure out how to, how to change the system into something that's actually about healing. Because that's what medicine used to be about. And now it's about being a subcontractor of an insurance company. And that's not why I went to medical school. And that certainly doesn't make me excited to go to work. And so hate to say it, but like the, the screwed up thing is that to be an independent doctor and in San Francisco, you either have to go into functional medicine and treat people by charging them a lot, or you have to go into concierge medicine by treating them treating even more. And, and now we have this like dual system, which is essentially the, the insurance system. And then everyone else who's like said, I want to, I want to work on my own. And it typically is way more expensive to, to do this is to, you know, charge a lot, which is, hard because we, we really need to figure out, um, you know, other ways. And, and to me, technology is one pathway to do that. So that's part of the reason why I've chosen that as part of my path. Yeah. And I think just your advice on, you know, stepping out in courage and following your heart. If more of us could have done that 10, 15, 20 years ago, I do not think healthcare would be where it's at today. Instead of becoming a slave to the system, if we said, whoa, this does not align with me this is not yeah. okay. I think it yeah. would have been a different trajectory. And I'm just so proud of you yeah. and so many of the other leaders that are out there who are no longer like, no, like this is not okay. I'm proud of, you should claim that you're like, you know what? I'm a residency dropout and I am proud of it. You know, I, I am now because I teach at Stanford now and I'm like, it wasn't until I got that kind of stamp of approval. I was like, oh wow. An institution still accepts me. Um, it was really challenging because my parents really did not agree with my decision. They were like, who are you? What are you doing with your life? And it took like teaching at an Ivy league for them to kind of come around, which is hard. But at the same time, um, I'm at a, I'm at a really good place right now in my life where like, I kind of feel like I can do whatever I want with my time. And I unfortunately don't have kids yet, but I do hopefully I want some, but because I have, um, 
I don't have any kids. It's like a lot easier for me to say I can do whatever I want. But I, I know a lot of moms out there probably don't have that luxury and they got to feed them. And so I don't think the answer is to like completely drop out of your job. I actually have a friend in LA who's amazing and she's a radiologist and she's actually just working. She's working full time, but on the evening she's working on building her health coaching practice. And like, you know, she wants to do that full time, but it's sometimes you have to like build your path out of the current system you're in. You can't just drop out. And, um, you know, like things like locum tenum's jobs, like it's always good to have um, some income stream if you're going to, you know, make a giant leap in your life because it can be terrifying to not know where your next paycheck is going to come from. Absolutely. And there were, by the way, years that I did not, you know, there were years like when I, I did, I did like get paid pretty well for that first startup I joined. But then there was times where like I wanted to be my own consultant and like you don't make as much money. So if you have like fi- financial issues, like you got to be comfortable with, uh, you know, taking risks. Like I'm in a place right now financially where I can like do a startup and work a little bit less in my practice and still, um, you know, still pay the bills. So it's all about kind of like laying out the dominoes so that they fall in the right place. And most female doctors listening to this are really good at planning and really good at organizing. And it's just about the real question is, is like, what's your fundamental purpose and what do you really want to do with your time? And how do you want to heal people? And what training do you need to get if you like want to change your job and you want to try something new or try something different, you know? Exactly. Perfect. You need to come work with me as another consultant as life coach. <laughs> you got oh, this crap. Cause I, cause I have, uh, how many jobs, <laughs> you know, like my therapist told me, Molly, you don't have to work this much. And I was like, you are right. I don't, but I keep up on doing it because it's kind of what you do. If you're a doctor, you're just so used to like giving it all into so many different ways. But yeah. um, I started up staking up a lot of time. So, you know, well, building software. Too, it means so much more when it's not just a job anymore, when it's your calling and your passion again. It's true. And I love traveling and I love going to conferences and speaking in front of crowds. And like, I'm stoked that I now have a platform I can speak on. And so like, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And like, there's, I think there's going to be, there's going to definitely be some shift in healthcare happening in the next five years because this current system ain't working. So I don't know. I think I, I actually freak out a little bit when I think about it because it kind of reminds me of the subprime mortgage crisis in a way. Like how are we sustaining our economy off sickness and like who's paying for it? And like, we haven't changed the Medicare reimbursement system yet. And we've been lobbying for that for, I gosh, well, since I was in, before I was in medical school that was being trying to, trying to like sort it out and no one's fixed that yet. So it's like, I kind of don't understand how also like we can charge so much for procedures that a, across the pond in other countries are like a 10th of the cost. Like we can't sustain this system. And I don't understand why more doctors aren't questioning it. Like it seems like a a crisis waiting to happen. And I don't know, I'm a little bit freaked out about it. I think part of it is everybody or there a majority of people are just so beat down. They're just trying to get through that day that they don't have the clarity to like look up and say what else is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, they can't, yeah, there's nothing that they, they, they just don't have time to breathe, but we're getting awoke. There's more of us, especially the listeners here at Dr. We first. So if our listeners are yeah. totally digging what you're saying, Molly, and they're like, Oh my God, I need more of this woman in my life. Where can they come Ooh. hang out with you? 
Well, first you can find me. Well, my website, I had to take it down because it got hacked. So actually find me on LinkedIn because I want to, I want to know your background and where you work anyway. So friend me on LinkedIn. I actually accept every friendship on that uh, platform because I find that like professional connections are on, should be unlimited. So LinkedIn I is I love great. LinkedIn. I have really you dug know, into LinkedIn and I am loving it so much. Yeah. I mean, I, I check every message on there. Um, so LinkedIn is a great way to find me. M-O-L-L-Y-M-A-L-O-O-F. You can also email me at mmaloof, M-M-A-L-O-O-F at stanford.edu. Yeah. And like, you know, contact me. I'd love to talk to you. so much, Dr. Molly Maluth, for coming on the podcast. And guys, listen, this episode is so good. This was only half of our conversation. So I'll be dropping the other half where Dr. Maluth goes further into talking about how to land that job, that dream that you have using innovative technologies about being fearless and about being a risk taker. So catch her on a second episode. It's going to be amazing. Are you ready for your kick of encouragement? Here it is. Just follow that exact damn advice that Molly and I talked about. Follow your heart. First and foremost, there's a little voice calling deep down inside of you called your intuition. So many times in medicine, we totally forget about that. We push it aside. We're all about book knowledge. We're all about statistics. We're all about evidence-based medicine. Let me tell you, there's a little spark, a special magic inside of you, and it's your intuition. It has probably been talking to you in small whispers. Well, friend, it is now time to listen to it because that intuition is telling you about something greater and bigger and that will absolutely fulfill your purpose in life. If you're telling me, Aaron, I don't really even know where that is, where to start to find it, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sit back and just be still take 10 minutes and I want you just to sit there and breathe and when everything starts to pile in on you from the pile of day just say I am here in this moment and I am open to whatever there is that needs to be told to me and then just keep saying that and do it for 10 minutes and just sit with it now it's not going to be like a spark of lightning it's not going to be like bam magic then again it might be but what I want you to do is I want you to get in the habit of stopping of taking a breath of not rushing through of not pushing through and not grinding through and just being there be in the moment be where you're at feel how you really feel about things see what your body's feeling like hear what's going on without the pursuit of having to fix it or to change it or to alter it. Just be. If this is something that sounds like a super great idea for you, I actually stole the idea. So it really comes from Dr. Jill Weiner. She was a couple episodes back with her rest technique. Let me tell you guys, it's fundamentally changed my life and has helped so much tapping into what I really want to do with my life tapping into that intuition, calming my mind, and figuring out what that fundamental purpose is for me. So if you're interested in finding out more about it, there'll be a link in the show notes to the rest technique. And remember, I love this so much that I got us a discount code. So just type in the special code space, Dr. Me first, and you'll get 10% off. So you too can start 
following your heart. Well, I so appreciate you for listening. Remember to come around and check out the second part of this interview with Dr. Molly Maluth. And just remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye. Don't